Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Watched Once Never Again, the podcast where we watch disturbing and traumatizing movies so you don't have to. I'm Mary Beth. And I'm Dax. And today we are uh, finishing up our Todd Salon series. Thank God. Thank God. Yeah, thank God is all I really have to say at this current moment. It hasn't been that bad, has it? I mean, it's like, I think there's just a lot of pedophilia. I don't think I was expecting as much pedophilia as we have experienced these past couple of weeks. That's true. I think that's more what it is. It's just a lot of pedophilia and really fucked up people. And generally speaking, love that. But I think watching four of his movies (laughs) in such rapid succession kind of broke my brain a little bit. Um... Yeah. So, yeah. He's a pretty misanthropic guy. Yeah, that, to put it slightly, to put it lightly, yes. (laughs) Four in a row is a lot. Well, especially going from, like, happiness and then fucking storytelling and, oh, what's the other fucking one we watched? Welcome to the Dollhouse. Welcome to the Dollhouse. Like, good lord. Good yeah. lord. But anyway, so this week we are uh, wrapping up with his film Palindromes. This is from 2004, and it exists in um, the Welcome to the Dollhouse universe. Very, like, And it's, and once I read the synopsis, you will see why, but it's very, very tangentially related to that film, so that is very interesting. So without further ado, I guess I'll just jump right into the... Uh, Synopsis here. Good luck. Thank thank you so much. <laughs> All right, fuckers, here we go. Um, <laughs> Palindromes opens with a funeral for Don Wiener, the protagonist from Welcome to the Dollhouse, who went to college, gained a lot of weight and acne, and completed suicide at age 20 after she became pregnant from date rape. Cool and great. Her older brother, Mark, Matthew Farber, F- Faber, who reprises his role, Reads the eulogy while Don's tearful parents, also reprising their roles, sit in the audience and seem to finally show remorse over the way they mistreated her as a child. Don's younger sister, whom she was estranged from, Missy, does not attend the funeral. One of the attendees is Aviva, Don's cousin. A few years later, Aviva desires to have a child. She has sex with Judah, a family friend, and becomes pregnant. Aviva's parents are horrified and demand that she get an abortion. While the abortion is technically successful, it is implied via a fractured emotional conversation with the doctor that Aviva can no longer have children, a.k.a. they did, they performed a hysterectomy on her, so it is not really implied, it is straight up said, she cannot get pregnant. Um, anyway... Not fully conscious, Aviva is unaware of this, and her parents, already fragile, lead her to believe that all is well when she awakens. Fuck off. So then, Aviva runs away from home. She befriends a trucker and has sex with him. However, the trucker abandons her at a motel. She is eventually found by the Sunshine Family, a Christian fundamentalist foster home that cares for orphans and runaways with various disabilities. She tells them her name is Henrietta, the name she picked for the baby she was persuaded to abort um, because her fucking mom aborted a baby named Henry. And so she named her aborted baby Henrietta. This is not in the Wikipedia entry, but I'm just providing this context for you because it is very important and very fucked. Um, She tells them her name is Henrietta, blah, blah, blah. Well, at the Sunshine Family home, she discovers a dark side to the foster father. He assassinates abortion providers. (laughs) His next target is the doctor who performed Aviva's abortion. The hitman whom the foster father uses is the same trucker Aviva previously befriended and had sex with. Convinced she is in love with the trucker, Aviva flees the Sunshine family to join him on his assignment. The murder does not go as planned as, in addition to the doctor himself, the trucker, ends up accidentally shooting the doctor's young daughter when she steps in front of the first shot. The police find Bob and Aviva both in a motel room and a guilt-ridden Bob dies um, complete suicide by police. That, sure, okay, fine, fine. 
that's a weird way for them to word that, but okay. Um, the film then skips ahead several months later to Aviva back home with her parents, planning her next birthday party. During the party, she talks to her cousin, Mark, who has recently been arrested and accused of molesting his sister, Missy's baby, although he denies having done it and is loosely implied that Missy might have made it up for attention. Fuck Missy, am I right? Um, Mark tells Aviva there is no such thing as free will. People are what they were genetically programmed to be and can truly never change. The film then skips ahead to Aviva's meeting Judah, 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 who now calls himself Otto, and they have sex again. Afterward, Aviva happily claims that she has a feeling that this time she is going to be a mother. So just to like start, just to start us off, the plot synopsis does not um, include the fact that this is basically told in vignettes and in each vignette it is like started with a blue or pink card with a name on it and little baby, like baby footprints. And in each vignette it's following Aviva, but Aviva is played by a different actor who is either, and and the actor could be white, black, older, younger, like all different body types, boy, all body types. So like, all of this, it's every section Aviva is played by somebody different. So the synopsis reads as like a straightforward narrative, and it is, but what's really jarring is that Aviva is not really played by one single person. Rather, it's like a conglomeration of identities becoming Aviva. And sometimes they don't even call her Aviva. Yeah. Yeah, because um, was it Huckleberry? We just, like, know that it's her. Yeah. Yeah, because there's a couple, like, Huckleberry, where it's very short, and we know it's Aviva because all of the the characters are, like, if the characters are wearing, like, the same outfits, so there's, that's, like, the Hmm. one continuity is the clothing, but there are some where they don't even, they're not even called Aviva. They're called a different name entirely. So, Yeah. He's like, you're gonna identify with someone. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. So. Let's talk about it. <laughs> well, I have seen this before, so as I'm guessing you haven't. No, I have not seen this before. Not even a single second of it. And, um... Once again, I am very tired of Todd Salons. He's a great filmmaker, but I'm really tired of his movies right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so what What did you think? And, like, what do you mean? So, it's like... <sighs> so, this movie is another movie about a sad teenager who goes through some trauma and then ends up back where she started. And obviously that makes sense with palindromes, the title Aviva, it's the name is a palindrome. It's spelled the same way front and back. And it makes sense that this movie is like a palindrome in terms of like kind of beginning ending where it began in a way, but also it ends with the first form of Aviva, who is a young, like a young black child. So it's very weird hearing her say, uh, uh, I'm, I think I'm pregnant now. Uh, that was weird. But that's, yeah. But I think it's just very difficult after watching like Welcome to the Dollhouse and then this, just another movie where a young woman is just kind of put through the shit and is taken advantage of by older men and tries so hard to be an adult and want so badly to be treated like an adult. And like, maybe it's just, it's too real in terms of like the struggle of being a child. But I also just think like, he just keeps having children have sex with older men. And I don't know why that's bothering me so much, but I think just watching a lot of it back to back, is just like, I'm exhausted. And he wants to shock us, obviously, but I think my biggest thing here that I want to discuss is, like, what are his politics on abortion? Because, like, this movie is very much about abortion and, like, bodily autonomy and holding on to bodily autonomy. Because Aviva 
from a young age really wants a baby. So she like has sex with the intention of getting pregnant. Like even as like a teenager, she's like, I want to have a child. That's all I want. And so when she gets pregnant, she wants to keep the baby, but her parents are forcing her to have an abortion, which is interesting because I feel like in a lot of movies we see so many families being like, no, no, don't get an abortion or you have to be a secret abortion. But here it's like very much like get an abortion and like forcing her and manipulating her to give up the bot like that autonomy because the whole point of pro-choice is you respect a woman or a person who gets pregnant, right, to choose to have the baby or not. So here it's a very different perspective on that. But then the whole, it becomes like, okay, she gets the abort, she, like her mom persuades her into abort an abortion and then she has this horrendous reaction and has to get a hysterectomy and her parents don't tell her. So again, like her bodily autonomy is just completely revoked from her. And it, it shows abortion as being this, like, potentially detrimental process. And then we get to the fucking Christian fundamentalists who sing about Jesus constantly and about abortion. Which, I like, obviously it feels like a very dark joke. But then they go to a fucking dumping ground with the dead babies. And I just, I'm not quite, I'm not really sure what the politics are here on abortion. I'm confused. Let's talk about it. I don't think they're like, <laughs> this is going to sound weird, but I don't think there are firm politics with the abortion because I think that's, I think everything in the movie is, is basically like everything is everything. Every, like both sides are <laughs> Everything, dumb. everywhere, all at once. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I was quoting um, Lauren Hill, but. <laughs> Hell Yeah. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, um, it's like both sides are dumb for their own reasons. You know, like, no one, it's almost like how I interpret it is the, the politics, maybe not the politics, but whatever. The politics depend on the situation you know like uh or maybe not the politics i mean but you know whether something is good or bad depends on the situation whether a person is good or bad depends on the situation and no one is all good or all bad and neither is any like thing or action that's kind of what it seems like it's kind of like you know <laughs> It would be profound if it wasn't basically like, well, nothing means anything, you know? And I think that's why I struggle, because it's like, look, I've been on board with these movies. Like I'm, like, I'm down with the fucked up shit. But I think what's hard for me, and again, this is like coming, and you probably, because you've worked in abortion care, so like, I'm probably preaching to the choir here. Especially, like, in this whole, like, post-Roe v. Wade climate that is, like, fucked up and shit. It's just hard to watch a movie that doesn't seem to, like, that seems to lean into, like, abortion is bad politics. And, like, I totally get what you mean with him, like, not really falling on one side or the other. Like, I definitely see that in his work. But I think it's just hard for me, personally, to put that aside, right? Especially right now. And it's just, like, you know killing abortion providers and like i know it is taken to such a ridiculous extreme that it's meant to almost be funny but it's just it's it's a little difficult to watch i will i will i will say i don't think it is saying that abortion is bad like i think i think that it's saying the people who are against abortion are stupid and the people who are for it like like her mom is for it in like more like aggressively so <laughs> like she's like no Get you will be getting it for me yeah Ooh. and um she does basically take advantage of her daughter's naivete and um you know forces her to get an abortion and he's like that's not right either you know I think if I had to guess that he actually is pro-choice, I this yeah. actually really screams pro-choice to me. The whole thing, um, 
Oops. <laughs> well, just because, like, okay, so let's take the killing the abortion providers thing. <laughs> um, to me, that was just highlighting how shitty the Christian people actually were. Yeah. It, I, it, to me, it didn't seem like he was saying, this is, like, good, or this is what should happen to abortion providers. It was like, yeah, these same people who are out here, rah, rah, I adopt all the kids who have, like, birth defects, look at me, I'm so good. Yeah, they're the ones murdering people. Yeah, I think was a point that, like, really got me was the the part the part where he's like, Oh, so we did the abortion and also gave her a hysterectomy. And I know that I, but like in thinking about it, it's obviously like, hey, these parents forced their kid to do something and something even worse happened. And look at the hypocrisy of the mom crying, I'm not going to be a grandma, but it's like your fault that she's here. And I guess I just like immediately jumped, I, I think I just maybe jumped just to conclusions about the abortion stuff. Not necessarily being like, oh, he's a pro-lifer, but just being a little bit confused and uncomfortable by it. But I feel like that's probably what the fuck he wanted to happen. You know what I mean? Like, this man (laughs) wants you to be deeply, deeply uncomfortable. Because I do feel like a lot of this movie is about bodily autonomy. Like, this, I mean, when it comes down to it, this is about, I, I think, like, a young woman trying to, like, figure out what it's like to be a person and like trying to get bodily autonomy without really knowing it. Like she has sex with older men and she is having sex because she thinks it will like give her a baby and maybe she'll be a grown up, like not a grown up per se, but I feel like if that makes sense, like I think she is trying to exercise some kind of like control over herself when really it's just like putting her down a weirder path. And then like she goes to the Christian family and that, they they collect kids with disabilities, which is something I, I know really that happens in that. real life. Yeah, we can talk about it because like it's a thing that happens. Not ob- obviously again, it's an extreme, but there are crazy Christians who collect kids like that, and yeah. it's just like it's very funny the scene where they're all sitting at sitting at breakfast and peter paul every time they introduce a kid peter paul leans over to tell them they're just like tell viva the disability and it's just like oh my god (laughs) real quick before we move on to that um just about the mom again i think that the whole thing was to show how selfish the mom is like yeah it's so over the top (laughs) like that made me laugh because she's like i'm never gonna be a grandmother and it's like you just like voluntarily like forced your daughter to do something she didn't want to do and lied about it like you know what i mean and just like to 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 clarify she does not she does not know for this entire movie that she had a hysterectomy so this poor fucking kid has no like no idea that she can never get pregnant and is fucking these dudes to try to get pregnant and she can never get pregnant yeah, I think she, like, heard it, but they, it was like she was fading in and out. Yeah. After the procedure. So, and who knows if she even knows what that is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because she is a child. Yep. That's so wild. Um, Should we talk about the <laughs> Christian fundamentalist family, though? <laughs> Yeah, because that, that's the part that made me laugh the most. Okay, so we should clarify. Most of the actors who are, like, the collected children, um, Salons does a pretty good job of, like, not making fun of them. Yes. You know, um, he you would think he would cross that line just to, like, get a rise out of you, but he doesn't. He's actually very kind in that way. Yeah, he definitely is. It's not, it, it definitely, there's no, like, leaning into jokes about, like, any kind of disability. And it's more, the joke is more on the, the fucking parents, which is, it, I was surprised that he didn't, like, make some horrible joke about any of the kids. But good for him. He He found the line. The closest that he gets, and this did make me laugh, was <laughs> they're in this, like, singing group, <laughs> um, and and they're, like, singing this song, 
and it made me laugh because obviously like mama sunshine wrote it and they're basically saying like no one's gonna love me except for jesus like which is fucked up it's yep. really fucked up but yep. it did make me laugh because it's like you are such vile people for making these kids sing this and maybe i'm like reading too far into it and it was just like yeah no one's gonna love me as much as jesus but you have no, to admit that's it, pretty coincidental. Yeah, and there was some. There was a line that made me laugh like a motherfucker when she's ta- so when Mama Sunshine, who is the mother here, was talking to Aviva like, "Please don't run away." One of our girls ran away. She ran away and didn't even have any legs. And I was like, <laughs> "I'm going to fucking lose my mind at that these like really, these dialogue." <laughs> really killed me really killed like bad <laughs> i was like oh my god oh my god it was so funny but also like acknowledging at the same time like oh yeah no these people are fucking crazy and people will run away no matter what like there is a <laughs> finding a family is not always a good thing <laughs> <laughs> it it was also it also kind of made me laugh when um you know it, obviously every time a new kid is collected um, they make them listen to, like, the other kids tell their stories, basically, like, their root stories, how they got there. And <laughs> Mama Sunshine makes, um, I'm so sorry, I forget her name. It was the little blonde, uh, blind girl. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> she makes her tell her story, and she's basically saying, like, she was born to a drug addict mother who, like, abused her. And then she says, um, and then, you know, uh, Mama Sunshine saved me. I mean, Jesus saved me. (laughs) (laughs) That made me laugh. (laughs) It's honestly the best part. Like, uh, also, their singing group, (laughs) their singing group alone is really funny. Like, apart from even just what they're singing. Obviously, the one kid's disability is... They didn't say this, but I'm pretty sure it's that he's gay. Yes! Okay, I was trying to figure out what the... the, the, (laughs) Which is not cool. Yeah, because it's like... But it was really funny. A tall, white kid who loves to sing and to perform. He was fucking getting it. He was... getting it. Dancing for the Lord... And in this segment, um, Aviva is played by a like a, a larger black, well, like a fat black woman, which like adult woman, like adult woman, like not a child, like a full on adult woman who is playing a child, and that is just very disarming. Which again, it's the whole point. Like this, and again, like there's a um, a monologue at the end that kind of addresses this about just like free will and people never changing it but in the movie aviva's form is literally changing the whole time so it's this like very disarming technique that kind of like breaks you out of like so and i read i was reading a couple letterbox reviews about this movie because i'm always so curious but like it really breaks you out of the movie and in a way that i think is on purpose it's like oh shit i've got to reorient myself about aviva and like is where are we in time where is she in time all of this stuff that I think is really interesting. But because I was like, I don't know about using different races of people like interesting, but I mean, it gets the point across in terms of like disrupting of the audience experience and also like kind of trying to show this whole, like something about human nature and the nature of being a person and et cetera, et cetera. Or Salons is just crazy and was just like, haha, I'm gonna fuck with you. I mean, like, honestly, it could be either one. <laughs> I, no, I think it's, it's pointed. Like, I think it's to, you know, I think it's so that people can relate to Aviva. Like, you, there's really no excuse, <laughs> like, who you are. There's something about her that you can relate to. Um... Anyway, I think that's what he's going for. If that's necessarily true, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, something I wanted to say about the Christian family <laughs> is that um, 
that one really hit close to home, and I probably shouldn't talk about this on the podcast, but I will. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> um, uh, my cousins, like, I call them my evil cousins. Uh, oh. They're like that. They they collect children. No way! Yeah. I, I call it the, um, the child farm. <laughs> Wait, how many kids uh, do they have? Oh, God, I don't... I, honest to God, I don't even know. Hold on, let me see. Um, there's gotta be at least ten. At least. Oh, my God. I I honestly, I think they got more. Because <laughs> when they turn 18, they gotta get other ones. Because that's, like, their job. Are they foster parents? So, they foster like babies and then they almost always end up adopting them okay almost always um do the kids have disabilities or no okay like some of them do they were mostly like from like shitty homes okay um yeah, like, I mean, some of some of them are, like, more complicated than that. One of them is from another country. Um, okay. I, like, don't want to get too specific. Oh, yeah, but... sorry. We don't have to. I'm just, I was just curious. Like, they're did very, y'all... They're very litigious people. Ah. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, they used to babysit um, us, my, my sister and I, when we were kids. And they were, like, the most horrible people, like, on the earth. So it like this um this <laughs> scene it was making me laugh but it hit a little too close to You home. were like I know these fucking people. Yeah. I mean, I think the Sunshine family is probably much kinder than um obviously my evil cousins. I don't call them my <laughs> my lovely cousins. So Oh my god. Oh, and recently I ran into all of them um, at the dog park. Like, literally all of them. All 700 of them. Um, <laughs> that wasn't good. I was hiding. <laughs> good lord. Because I didn't want to talk to them. <laughs> it was crazy. Just, uh, I like, I was at a dog park on Friday night and I was walking down to the dog park. It's down this, like, really huge hill. And I was like, who the fuck is having, like, a birthday party in the park? And then I see all of them and I'm like, oh, it's them. And then I had to hide behind a tree. Jesus Christ. I had to plan, I'm not even kidding, I had to plan how to get out of there. Because I didn't want them to see me. I didn't want to talk to them. Like, I don't associate with them at all. Because they're horrible. So, that's a fun fact. Wow. To you. I'm huh. kind of I'm kind of from one of these like weird child farm families. Because I, I mean, I was there every single day growing up. You know, like Jesus Christ. Especially in the summer, like when we were in school, they would watch us. Anyway, yeah. Horrible people, vile. But yeah, the sunshines were really making me laugh. I can't stress enough how funny that fucking, those musical numbers were. That fucking gay kid was, like, really serving. Like, he was, like, fully trying to be an NSYNC or something. He was. He was, It was his audition. I love him so he much. He really was just, like, he really, he gave it his all. And, like, I know it's fucked up, but I really think that it was saying his disability according to the sunshines, not according to, like, salons or me or Mary Beth, was that he was gay. <laughs> Which is fucked up. Because you know that that's how they would be. Hate the sin, not the sinner. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, again, like, they fucking assassinate abortion providers. Like, they don't yeah. love gay. I just... I'm going to just go out on a limb here if they don't like the gays. <laughs> <laughs> this is an an unqualified opinion, but just I'm going to go through, uh, use context clues and submit my hypothesis that they are homophobic. <laughs> Pretty much. The fucking, so. um, like, abortion stuff was, like, hitting close to home for me, too, because I did work at the Women's Center. And, like, I at the scene where... 
you know, father or sunshine or whatever the fuck his name is, um, when he's like plotting the murder with Dr. Dan, <laughs> the fucking doctor. And, they all sang the uh, song for. Let's sing Dr. Dan his song. <laughs> I know. I was like, no. Oh, <laughs> uh, I hate when kids sing. It's a thing for me. Oh, but it was really funny. Good thing my entire wedding is children singing. Oh, great. Now I know why I shouldn't go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, anyway, uh, it was just making me think, like, this morning when I was like getting ready to leave, I was just like, that's really real because, you know, working at the women's center, um, it's right next to like, um, a Catholic church (sighs) for some, actually, I'm pretty sure that's on purpose. Um, and the church people, like they really do camp out outside early as shit in the morning and yell at everybody and hold up their giant fucking stupid not even true signs oh my god i hate those fucking signs they carry it's terrible pictures like the pictures that aren't even real oh the pictures are so bad yeah it's like there is being confronted (laughs) with those when you're not expecting it is truly my worst nightmare i hate when those fuckers are anyway yeah, but why, why are pro life people so fucking loud? Like Jesus Christ! Anyway, sorry. Because God, they they're trying. The fuck up. This is actually a good time for a PSA mm-hmm. from me. Okay, please. When you come across those fucking people, like you, as in anybody listening to this, do not engage with them. They're, the reason they're so loud is because they are antagonizing you because they want you to react. So that way, if you do anything, even the smallest thing out of line, they can get you, like, fucking arrested. That is what they want. They they use it as fuel. And they also use it as, like, um, like confirmation, like, validation that they're martyrs. Like, you're the aggressor because... Like, if they're saying, like, you're going to go to hell, and then you come up and, like, push one of them or start screaming at them and it escalates, that makes them, in their eyes, the martyrs for, you know, God's will or whatever whatever they're even saying, you know? Don't engage with them. The best possible thing you can do is ignore them. There you go. And it is hard. But they used to scream pray at me every day. <laughs> like, just, like, I'd be going to work and they would, like, they literally scream pray, like, at you. And it, it's, like, <laughs> it made me laugh because I'm, like, I'm I'm not the one. You're, like, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes they would come up to my car, like, because they, where, where um, my facility was, they couldn't go past the public sidewalk so they would come right up to your car but not cross like a certain part of the sidewalk so every single time i would drive in to work if it was like a day where like patients were being seen they would come up to my car and (laughs) like i would say maybe two out of every five times they would get really confused because i was a like single man in the car (laughs) and then they would back off they'd be like they'd be scream praying at me and then they'd be like oh they would like leave me alone because they didn't know what i was doing there (laughs) and you're like haha the fuck away from me yeah yeah but anyway what i was saying was sorry just real quick to wrap up what i was saying um no it was making me think like the the nice the super nice guy like your like uncle todd who's really nice but he has some shitty opinions on facebook or whatever those are the people who are doing that shit like those are the people who are scream praying at me and like threatening the patients and those are the people planning like self-righteous murders and shit like that and like yeah that seems like a pretty big jump in logic but it isn't like (laughs) 
it's the nice people you gotta watch out for. And if anything yep. is a Todd Salon's mes- message, it's that. <laughs> it 100% is. <sighs> yeah. yeah. That's a, that's a, That part is a very large chunk of the film, too. Like, Aviva trying to navigate. Well, it, she's really into the family because they're showing her, like, a lot of kindness that doesn't seem as on that doesn't seem as unhinged as her mom because her mom is a little cray obviously a little bit um i don't know how to describe her mother very emotional and here it's like oh my god she's so nice and kind and then she kind of learns the truth ish but the truth no no she does you know i don't that's not the truth I'm lying. She, like, finds out the guy who she had sex with is there. And she's like, oh, cool. I'm going to go with him instead. No, she does find... Remember, she she's finds out, um, spying on them? Yeah, she finds out, but she doesn't leave because of the killing, right? She leaves because of the guy, the trucker, right? I think that she leaves because they figure... Because remember, <laughs> this made me laugh, too. Um, Dr. Dan calls her a... Ch- I'm so sorry for what I'm about to say. A child horror? Yes. I feel like that was why, like, she got caught somehow. But I was very confused by that because he said, like, he took pictures. And I'm like, what was he taking fucking pictures of? Like, because he came to examine her. And was he, maybe he, like, examined her, gave her um, a gynecological exam when he probably shouldn't have. And made some assumptions based off of what her like external vagina looks like which is wild yeah i like i could not figure out what he was talking about unless unless but even then because i was gonna say if she has like scars from the hysterectomy he would have seen that but that doesn't equate to like child who has had sex before i'm so confused but it did make me laugh when he said that because it's like, of course you blame it on the child. Like, yeah, like, exactly. You're not even considering the fact that, like, possibly what occurred was, you know, I mean, it. I get no, it wasn't illegal when she had sex with the other kid. But, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yes. You're just blaming her no matter what. Like, you don't even need the rest of the circumstances to just know that it's her fault. Yep. What a piece of shit. I love that actor, though. I don't know his name. Yes, I know. Yeah. And then she's like, all right, cool. Well, fuck all y'all. And goes to be with her trucker lover who can't shoot a gun to save his life. He is so fucking pathetic and i think that's like part of like okay there has been so much pedophilia in this series but you have to admit todd salons does make all the pedophiles like super losers he does i just don't i don't there's just so many yeah he does there's just a lot of them Why are there so many pedophiles? (laughs) The only one who isn't, like, a complete loser is Dr. Maplewood or something. (laughs) I was like, it's a very Caucasian name. (laughs) (laughs) Some kind of tree or some shit. White people shit. Anyway. He's, um, He's the only one who has any sort of other complexity to his character but Salon's by no means like excuses what he does or idolizes him or anything like that he's just like this is a complete person and he does the same thing in this movie he's like yeah everybody is a complete person like there's no way that you can be entirely one way or entirely the other because we all are so multifaceted then it's just, it is what it is. The bad person is sometimes good. The good person is sometimes bad. You know? Yeah. 
Uh, Do I need to see so many pedophiles? No. No. I don't. I don't. I just, I really don't. (laughs) And you won't. For a while. (laughs) (laughs) Not never again, but just for a bit. Maybe. I don't know. Who knows what other weird shit I'm going to watch. Like, I just... Knowing us, probably once in a while again. Yeah. It's, It's not... Yeah. Ugh. And let me get the pedophile with it? Mark, the cousin, who was in Welcome to the Dollhouse as the nerdy brother obsessed with getting into college. I, I have questions. Okay, first of all, I've just found out that that actor died in oh, 2020. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Oh, R. shit. R. That's terrible. It is. That was very surprising to me. Also... Surprising to me was that he was only 30 in this movie. Ooh. But I don't know. I Well. It's a rough 30. I don't know if maybe he had, like, some sort of disability or something. Okay. I never have seen anything about it. So that's just me making it up. But um, I had a cousin who had that thing where, like, he looks a lot older than he actually is. Oh, Okay. I forget what it's called. It's the opposite of Benjamin um, Button. <laughs> yes. <laughs> sorry, it's my ignorant way of thinking about it. Oops, sorry. That's okay. That's how he would explain it. Um. Anyway, that was interesting to find out. But I was very confused because I don't... Like, I had... This is my probably second time seeing this and I completely didn't remember that he was arrested for pedophilia and I didn't remember it even this time until you just read it in the synopsis but I don't remember seeing that did I miss it is it a whole thing about the pedophilia thing no it's not it's not a thing until like the one of the it's like they mention it when they're doing the birthday party invitations where Jennifer Jason Lee plays Aviva <laughs> as an adult. Um, she's an adult. Aviva is still 13. Um, but they're like, they're, so they mentioned like inviting the wieners over and then they were like, don't invite Mark. He was accused of molesting Missy's. Like it's not, it's just like brought up towards the end. It's not really like a big thing outside of that. Okay. Yeah. I'm I pretty sure. I just didn't remember that. I must keep missing it, but I don't know how or why. Were you surprised when you saw um, Jennifer Jason Lee? So I knew she was in the movie because I looked it up, but I was surpri- I was still surprised to see her like playing a thir- a sad thirteen year old child. Right. Like, that was a- aggressive. It was weird. It just th- it threw me. I mean, like again, every every segment change. I was like, all right, how am I getting it thrown off today? <laughs> <laughs> But it was weird. Cause I was so because I didn't realize. So when I saw she was in it, I didn't. On Letterboxd, it's like Mark Aviva. I was like, what the fuck does that mean? And so uh, now I get it. And yes. I also didn't realize. I also thought that like, I was confused because the poster has a has a black woman on it, and it's it's the Sharon Wilkins. So. Sharon Wilkins like on the poster and I was like I'm very confused about what's going like what is happening in this movie and then I I got it as soon as I started watching it but before I watched it I was like I don't know what's going on at all because I didn't do a ton of research into it before I watched it because I wanted to be quasi surprised by it because boy oh boy when he fucking shot the abortion care provider I I yelled and started laughing oops (laughs) but it's so ridiculous. It's so like slapstick. It's so slapstick. It, it made me laugh. But it's just like it was also very interesting watching Jennifer Jason Lee play a thirteen year old and then Ellen Barkin, who plays the mother, like just infantilizing her even more. And it was it's just a trip. Did you like um or hate or whatever? that all of the characters were like changing i didn't hate it actually i didn't hate it um me neither i was confused by it it. i was like i don't really understand the race changing thing Uh, but it's i think it is an interesting like 
way to tell the story. I didn't hate it. I, I'm still like vaguely confused by it, but hey, I respect something that can vaguely confuse me, but still keep my attention. So. I think it might've been like trying out different scenarios of like different Avivas. Like they're all the same Aviva, but it's like, here's how this would have gone if this happened, or here's how it would have gone if this happened. Yeah. You think possibly? Hmm. I don't know. I truly don't know. I like it. I like I like It just confusion. feels like Todd Salons wants us to be like off kilter and he did it. He did the thing. <laughs> this man loves like a quasi anthology movie. He does. He loves telling little vignettes. It's fascinating. He's good at it. I don't hate it. It's just, again, watching all of this up in rapid succession, it's just like, oh, so many patterns, so many things. My brain. (laughs) I like it. So the name Aviva has a very particular association for me because Aviva Drescher in Real Housewives of New York is the fucking worst Real Housewife, like in terms of just being evil. (laughs) And so every time I said Aviva, all I could think about was Aviva taking off her prosthetic leg and throwing it on the table and said, the only thing fake about me is this. What? I do not watch that. So what are you talking about? Yeah. So Aviva Drescher, absolutely unhinged character from two seasons of Real Housewives. And she has a prosthetic leg. And in the, the last episode she's ever in, she gets into a huge fight and says, the only thing fake about me is this. Rips off her plastic, her lips, rips off her prosthetic and slams it down at a table in the middle of a party. Well, she's my favorite. It's like, it's, that is absolutely iconic, but the rest of her storylines are just like unhinged. And her father is repulsive. So. Fuck her dad, but she's forgiven in my eyes because that's hilarious. It, 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 if she wasn't such an asshole, it would be the most iconic thing. And it honestly, it still is the most iconic thing. She just sucks. But still, like, it is a pretty incredible, like. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. It's just incredible. But yeah, that's I just every time I have a V, all I can think about was her ripping off her leg. <laughs> That's really good. She throws it across the room at one point, and the camera just zooms in on it, and it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Wow, I should watch that. Just watch that. It's just, oh my god, it's incredible. Um, why, why do you think this movie is always included on most disturbing lists? Palindrome, at least used to be. Mm -hmm. It's probably just the amount of sex she has with older men yeah i mean that would do it i think just because again it's like really it's honestly really offensive i'm broken i'm I'm so broken (laughs) i feel like it's less bad compared to his other movies is that bad no, because that's what I was just going to say, is I feel like it's less offensive than most of the other movies. Like, I don't think anyone, like, is homophobic in this one, like, outwardly, you know? Yeah. Um. So, little win there. But it's just, I don't know, I feel like it's offensive with the, I mean, like, rape. Yeah, I like, mean, like, there's the... there. He's an adult. Yeah, because, I mean, like, there is a lot of, like, casual pedophilia in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, there's... I mean, they talk a lot about abortion, but it's not, like, disturbing. I don't know. I don't think it... Well, when he picks up that bag, well, that, that's so, that's disgusting. See, that's terrible. That part is terrible. And I was like, this is... Fucked up. So maybe it's just like all of these moments of being fucked up, they kind of build up to like, what even is this movie? And again, I'm we are fucked up, but I'm just like, this isn't even that bad. <laughs> yes, a bag full of aborted bait, like aborted fetuses, is not is disturbing, but it's not in it for that long. It's like a split second. Yeah, I don't know. I 
I feel like possibly people maybe misinterpret the scene, like the Sunshine family scene with all of the disabled kids and stuff. Um, I feel like a lot of people probably see that and just assume that it's making fun of them and that's why it's offensive, if I had to guess, because compared to the other things that we've seen, this actually isn't that bad. It is, like, disturbing to see a little girl talk about how this time she's gonna be a mom, you know, but, um... It's filmed in such a way, and she says it in such a way, where it's like, you know how, like, this is honestly gonna sound like a stretch, but just bear with me. You know how in, like, Yorgos Lanthimos movies, um, they all speak, like, really, like, wooden? Oh, yeah. Like, robotic? Mm Mm-hmm. That's how it sounds in this movie. So it's, like difficult for me to even take it seriously so it didn't like really I mean I was like kind of cringing but it wasn't like oh god you know I'm I can't like think about anything else I mean (laughs) probably to me one of the most disturbing and this is like not even actually disturbing it's just like gross to me specifically was seeing um the, the guy who plays Bevers on Broad City like thrusting away up there with with all the different avivas oh my god that end part was just too much it that that did make me feel very uncomfortable (laughs) yeah and then just talking about like come like a couple times in the movie that's kind of gross i don't know i don't think (laughs) you want to say it again (laughs) come Um, what yeah (laughs) what's wrong i don't know i don't know why it's considered that disturbing or upsetting or even offensive i guess i i said it was offensive but now that i'm thinking about it it really isn't and it doesn't have like a firm stance on any politics so you can't be offended in that way either well i mean there i will say i feel like people could make because obviously i had a bit of a feeling but not like offended is like oh you don't have a stance you should have a stance you know what I like people are gonna find a reason you know what I mean to like find a problem with that yeah that's true I guess I'm not saying it's right but that's just what I think (laughs) I like a movie where um they're like, hey, you all suck for different reasons. <laughs> You're all fucking terrible. And, like, that's the thing. All of his movies, I think, are just, like, fucking gut-wrenching. Like, you're all goddamn terrible. Everyone sucks shit. Everything is terrible. Just bye. And it's like, oh, Jesus, Mary and Joseph. It's almost like he's saying, like, why would you even want to bring a baby into this world? Jesus, ain't that the goddamn truth? But at the same time, is he saying, like, yeah, like, children are the way, like, (laughs) you know what I mean? We are the world, we are. (laughs) (laughs) Don't stop that right now. Oh man. Um, but also, I think it also does kind of speak to this is like very much a newly formed thought of like how we program also like program women to want babies and how that is like absorbed by young people and this obsession with having babies and like what is the right way to do things, but like that kind of how that the expectations of women can be filtered through naivete and innocence and what that can turn into because of that. That's interesting. I don't know. There's probably like a million different interpretations because he's like, haha, think about my movie and talk about it. Motherfucker. (laughs) Yeah, I could, I could definitely see what you're saying there. I don't know. Cause it does seem, it does seem like he's like, this is absurd. Like, 
Like, look you at know. what, like, this child, this child wants to have a kid so bad that she's willing to just, like, have sex with this guy and be like, yeah, all right, cool. And then be pregnant and be like, fuck yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> it's, like, a lot it's to a think about. a lot to think about. And my brain is very tired. Me too. What did we learn from this series? And don't say that Do- Todd Salons should go to jail. Um, okay, well, then... <laughs> I learned, well, okay. I learned a lot about, I didn't know anything about Todd Salons going into this. I knew that he made fucked up movies, but I didn't know much about his movies because I knew I wanted to watch them at some point and kind of wanted to like experience them without knowing like why they're so fucked up. Um, So I'm glad I, I am glad I did that. I think I learned a lot about his filmmaking sensibilities and I'm very impressed with his filmmaking sensibilities in terms of how he approaches human nature. I think he's a very dark filmmaker. I, and I love that, but it is don't marathon his movies or do, I mean, do whatever the fuck you want, but just like be (laughs) ready to have like your brain just be like, I'm just so, I hate everyone. Everyone is terrible. Um, (laughs) He's probably one of the most, you know, I've watched a lot of fucked up shit in my day, but he is probably one of the most nihilistic filmmakers I've ever really watched, or at least misanthropic filmmakers I've ever watched. So I th- that, that's my takeaway. What about you? Yeah, I would agree with that. And it's just funny to think about how he definitely is one of the most nihilistic filmmakers that we've covered on the show and also probably that I've ever like come across mm-hmm. and there's like little to no violence like it's not the kind of nihilism like it's not I don't it's know. not it's new not for like, its extremity it's not like these people's bodies like falling apart it's not like torture and blood and guts and like the corruption of the human form outwardly it's a much more like inner corruption yeah yeah and i was gonna say it's not like a requiem for a dream yeah something where it's like oh life is like so unbearable and unfair it's like he's saying that it's unbearable and unfair and it's basically like wonk wonk what are you gonna do about it like you know what i mean but that's still nihilistic I don't know. I I haven't fully formed that thought. But yeah, it's it's like a, it's a different kind of depressing. It's like uh I don't know, my kind of depressing where yeah. it's sad, but it's like but I've learned to cope with it by just making fun of it. Yeah. Cuz you got to Yeah. You got to laugh or you'll cry. Correct. Yeah. And I think, uh, I don't know, I've seen almost all of these movies already. Um, Storytelling was the only one that I hadn't seen, and it was my least favorite, I would say. Um, I think, yeah, I just, it's not that it's, like, new, because I had already seen them, but it's just, like, getting a... uh, glimpse into like (laughs) the human condition that I didn't I didn't like I asked for it but I didn't know what I was gonna get like you know what I mean yep marathoning all of them and it's funny because um we set up our podcast to like be that way every time we do a series we're like oh that was a lot (laughs) it's like why do we keep doing it? We like are that? not okay. <laughs> and we're not going to stop doing that now. Nope. Anyway, I just think that I identify with a lot of the things that he talks about. I think he is way less politically correct <laughs> than I am. Um, yes. So that's difficult, but <laughs> I really like. I really like his movies other than that. And if you can take what he's saying with a grain of salt and also, like, come at it, like, understanding that he wants to provoke 
like a reaction out of you yeah then i think you'll be able to really like embrace them especially like i mean i would say people who like films should see welcome to the dollhouse and happiness they're yeah i agree i i agree with that 100 percent. so yeah i hope that people listening to this got like some appreciation for his movies i know uh (laughs) you were starting to get burnt out i was like going a little downhill yeah but i think you would say that you appreciate him oh you did say that 100 percent. yes 100 percent. yeah it's just a lot yeah (laughs) i'm also just like trying to plan a wedding and everything so my brain's also tired well that's okay because we're gonna take a break after this is the last episode in our Todd Salon series. I hope everybody liked it. Um, I thought it was fun. It was complicated. Yeah, it definitely got me thinking way more about movies, which is great. I love to think. And it was like a nice, I don't know, change of pace from the things that we, the couple series before this. Where it was, like, really, really sad stuff. This really stuff is, like, stuff. more darkly fu- like darkly fucked up and funny rather than, like, everyone's dying and getting sexually assaulted. Even though sexual assault yes. in these ones, but it's a little bit different. Yeah, it doesn't... F- I don't even want to say that. I was going to say it doesn't, like, feel as, like, heavy. Even though it is, but then he makes you laugh, so then you forget that you just felt, like, so horrible. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, after this, we're taking a break until at least November, um, because someone in this podcast, I won't name names, is getting married at the end of October. So, they're very busy, and also I'm very busy with school. Oh my god, you just called me out. Just kidding. (laughs) It's me, I'm the one getting married, and I'm tired. Yeah, and not to mention, not only are you getting married, but also you're the editor-in-chief of a horror website during Halloween. Yeah. Which is also when you're getting married. Yeah, um... Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot for a person. Yeah. Yes. And then I'm quite literally drowning in schoolwork, so I think this break is coming at a good time. And we haven't decided on our next series, question mark? No, I don't think we have. So it'll be a surprise for us all. We love surprises. Did you ever see Smiley Face starring Anna Ferris? No, I didn't, but I want to. <laughs> There's this, sorry, just real quick. There's this part in that movie where <laughs> she's like auditioning for something. And the line is, come on, Frank, you know I love surprises. <laughs> but she's really high. So she's like, come on, Frank. You know I love surprises. And they're like, can you like take that down? And she's like, come on, Frank. You know I love surprises. (laughs) 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 I gotta go to bed. (laughs) Yeah, we gotta go. (laughs) You wanna... Yeah, I get... Uh, who are we? What's going on? This has been watched once never again. Thank you everyone for listening and for sticking with us through all of our crazy shit. We appreciate you. Um, you should let us know what you thought about the series or what our next series should be uh, via email, wonapodcast at gmail.com or reach out to us on Twitter at wona podcast that's w-o-n-a podcast uh you can also talk to the both of us on twitter i'm at mb mcandrews and i'm at dax ebobbin so thanks again everyone for listening please rate and subscribe for to help us in that algorithm and we will talk to you in november bye bye